Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Nick Kale, Dawn Stensland, Greg Stalker, Anthony and Phil here as well. 855-839-1210. If you would like to jump in, you can also reach us on the socials at 1210WPHT or, of course, the free Odyssey app and watch us live on YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT. What's on the cut sheet? You're going to find out coming up at 745 this morning. Also, some Wall Street Journal polling that is very interesting. Uh, And then also more issues in the world of female athletics where men that are born as a man biologically transitioning to females, and now they've actually invaded uh, a sport that is near and dear to my heart and also my wife's. Uh, and you will also hear uh, Representative Lisa McLean. If you want to hear a female and you think Riley Gaines gets fired up, or if you think Don Stensland gets fired up about the invasion of female sports, wait till you hear Rep- uh, Representative Lisa McLean absolutely eviscerate people uh, earlier. Uh, I think this was on Friday. So we'll get to that as we continue. Also, Kevin McCarthy endorsing Donald Trump. And who does Melania want to be the VP for Donald Trump? We'll give you those details as we continue this morning. Plus, fat phobia is back in the news, and we'll have a conversation on that. But let's get to the news. A lot to get to some terrible stuff to officers in this city. And for all of that, at 7.03, round number two, I give you the great Don Stensland. And good morning this Monday morning, December 11th, with some flurries in the forecast especially if you're northwest of the city. We are sponsored this morning, Kale & Company News Live, by Wawa. Yes, two police officers who were shot over the weekend in that pursuit in northeast Philadelphia. One of the officers has been sent home, recovering at home this morning, but the office, other officer remains in stable condition today. After that shootout that happened in Frankfurt Ave and Welsh Road, that happened in the city's Holmesburg neighborhood in northeast Philadelphia. Those officers injured in that shootout over the weekend Sunday after the driver of a truck they were trying to stop at the intersection there, Frankfurt Avenue and Welsh Road, like I say, instead rammed their vehicles before hopping out and opening fire on their cruiser. Incredible. A marked cruiser, fully uniformed officers, uh, multiple, you know, bullets flying. Then they were able to return fire on this guy. Ultimately, that suspect is in critical condition in the hospital, as well as another officer. One of the officers hit remains hospitalized, but in stable condition. So he 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 is expected to recover, albeit a long road to recovery. So that one's going on in the city of Philadelphia. Mm, I mean, this is, you know, I, I look obviously critical is. Critical. I mean, but getting shot in the face, like, yeah, it's a blatant. It's not only is it a blatant disregard for the law and for officers, it's just a blatant disregard for humanity. You're you shoot and and not that this is ever a defense, but like you know, sometimes when some of these criminals encounter an undercover officer and they think it's you know somebody else, but when you shoot an officer plain as day, wearing the proper attire and uniform in the face. I mean, you know what? Just wipe these scumbags out. We need to start cleaning up the streets. Get get rid of them all. Yeah. Well, and, you know, to your point, when you think about it, when this guy just opens fire when they get out of the car after they're, you know, they're, he strikes their vehicle and yeah. a lot of damage. 
what it tells me too is they were wearing their bulletproof vests. Mm-hmm. So the reason that they're struck, you know, their their head injuries, and then the one officer has an ankle in, injury. It just sounds like the guy was aiming for the, especially their heads, right. because they're wearing a bulletproof vest. Yeah. Yep. Oh my goodness. It's awful. Uh, we do have a, a lot going on with Philadelphia Fire Department and. As, as I say, uh, President Joe Biden will be here in Philadelphia today to award a huge federal funding to open up some firehouses that were closed some 15, 16 years ago. But this as a man died and a woman was severely hurt as flames tore through a Philadelphia row home overnight. So firefighters rushing to that home near uh, North 12th Street near Champlost Avenue. And it was already heavy smoke coming from the home. As I'm understanding from firefighters, they were quickly able to get this fire under control. No working smoke detectors. How often do we hear that story? But um, a tough one for firefighters to to fight as they they did. They worked very quickly, but they couldn't save um, the man in this one. Speaking of firefighters, I had a little uh, encounter with firefighters on Saturday. What happened? Because you know the weather was pretty nice on Saturday. It was warm out, so yeah. I took my truck to the car wash, and then I came back and I realized the interior on the floor was getting a little dirty. So I wanted to clean off the like the rubber mats and wipe down the interior of my truck with like the leather wipes and then the uh, the vinyl material and just give my you know truck a nice little uh, facelift on the inside. All of a sudden, I start hearing fire trucks everywhere, and they're getting louder. As I'm out there in the parking lot at my apartment complex, and then they come pulling into my apartment complex, and I'm thinking there's a fire somewhere in the apartment building, and no, it wasn't a, a, a fire. It was the Whitpain Township Fire Department with Santa Claus on top Aww. of the uh, the fire truck. Hey, he's waving, having a good old time, and I'm like, oh, thank God. I'm thinking, like, I don't smell any smoke. I don't smell fire, and we might have to rethink that whole idea. The whole Santa Claus on top of the fire truck thing. It leads people to me, like like guys like me who are starting to get older and think everything's going to burn down. I thought there was like an actual, like an issue at my building. It's like, oh, Santa. Yeah, he's waving to me as he goes by. I'm like, yeah, all right, you drunk. <laughs> well, uh, in other news, and we've been talking about this, and I know we'll talk about it moving forward, but making national news, the Penn, UPenn president, Liz McGill, and her board chair resigning amid that outrage over the response to anti-Semitism. So McGill becomes Penn's ninth president, um, became Penn's ninth president, I should say, back in July of 2022. So not on the job very long, but ultimately releasing that statement, resigning, not fired, but certainly resigning under testimony in this after she testified testified on Capitol Hill during that hearing last week that focused on anti-Semitism at U- at United States universities and particularly prestigious universities. And this as yes, Governor Josh Shapiro here in Philadelphia over the weekend speaking out strongly against the anti-Semitism that we've seen on campus and the ADL releasing some new numbers that in fact 73 percent of all Jewish students on college campuses in general mm-hmm. um, have experienced hatred and and anti-Semitic comments or harassment or right. bullying. Well, you know, Greg, Greg mentioned, you know, trying to cor- correct this at the root cause and educate people on you know, this this matter. You know what they should do? Honestly, all of these schools that receive any federal funding, they should do what the University of Connecticut now does. 
uh, Phil, who's somehow a UConn fan and a New York sports fan in the back, is <laughs> has told me that his alma mater, UConn, um, about a year ago, installed a requirement to graduate that you had to take a BLM course. Well, you know what? Now you got to take an anti-Semitic course. How about that? And if the school doesn't offer it, they don't get federal funding. You want to eradicate this at the root level where these young kids in college, where all this hate is breeded? Require that or the funding stops. The paychecks stop coming to these schools unless they put in one, like a one credit course where you got to take it for six weeks or something like that. How about that? Yeah, and, and included with the history, so you can see all the tangible evidence yeah. throughout. You know, to your point, so that you see, it's irrefutable when if you know the history. Yeah. Uh, by the way, four guys who police believe are part of this national theft group, and this is an update on Abington Township. Uh, they were arrested after being caught in Abington Township Friday night. So Abington Township police say they've been been investigating all these residential burglaries. Remember, we talked about this, and our friend Chief Pat Malloy, who's called in. Uh, these burglaries are believed to have been committed by, quote, South American theft groups that were entering the United States from countries such as Chile and Colombia and then targeting high-end homes. Now, we know that they were targeting homes in Abington Township. It's believed other suburban areas in our outside Philadelphia as well. But they built a task force, collected the evidence, and police have been able to track the patterns of these criminal groups, which did help them lead to this recent arrest of these four individuals. So the warnings have gone out, though, this holiday season. What did, what did they call him? Uh, they called them, uh, the news media was calling them tourist burglars or something. Uh, Remember that? Yeah, well, they're just here to visit, right? <laughs> so some of these individuals crossed the border illegally. Some of them actually received visas and yeah. were on visas. Yeah, they show up to Chicago <laughs> and Philadelphia and cities like this, and then uh, they realize it's a hellhole and they go back. <laughs> Unbelievable. SATG, South American Theft Group. Sounds like sounds like a union. <laughs> in this case, the men told officers in Abington and part of the suburban task force they had actually driven all the way from California to Pennsylvania. And I'm not sure why Pennsylvania. Are we a sanctuary? I'm not sure why they are targeting us in particular all the way from California, but they confessed that yeah. to the officers. So just so you know that one. Also, you know, I know that we had given some tickets out, but there's this story of um, and, uh, Andre uh, Bocelli's mm-hmm. concerts. Yeah, from December 7th, I think we gave them out. that he was, everybody was there gathered for his wonderful concerts and that he had to, he's had to cancel one in Boston oh. and then here in Philadelphia. So there are a lot of questions to this. I don't have the answers, mm. um, but is he ill? What's going on? So we're looking into that okay. this morning. All right, uh, we got to talk about the Eagles. Oh, the Philadelphia Inquirer, what are they focusing on this rainy morning, keeping bike lanes clear? Oh, yeah. By the way. Right. Well, they, they, I'm sure they had wall-to-wall coverage of Liz McGill on Sunday's paper, so you got to move on, right? <laughs> well, probably different. They actually did. did they, they did. Well, they I, did. Would, I would hope so. The headline, One of the headlines today, Penn leadership upheaval could have a chilling effect on college presidencies and university operations nationally mm. chilling effect chilling effect chilling yeah. chill uh so yes our eagles it was just we got spanked in dallas um embarrassing and well we'll be a wild card nick kale says everything's going to be okay yeah they're going to win the next four but that was an uninspiring effort last I, I don't understand how you don't show up against your most hated rival like that would be that would be like me coming in here on election day in the fall of 2024 and having nothing to say like, how is that humanly possible? I don't know. Head, head should roll for that. 
It's just, it was like, no. Yeah. It's it's a depressing day. In and then pri- and yeah. prior to that, we had to watch the uh, the Chiefs and the Bills, where I had to watch uh, Travis Kelsey, Tony Romo, and Taylor Swift. You talk about the trifecta of indigestion and <laughs> nausea. My God, my stomach was a mess for three hours. Oh, my gosh. Well, we do have a lot of weather to talk about, uh, speaking of a mess. So uh, weather-wise, before I get to our sponsor, Wawa, weather-wise, we have a lot of weather alerts and warnings Flood watch, flood watches and flood warnings, flood warnings in Montgomery County and Philadelphia counties. We have uh, flood watches in Delaware, Eastern Chester, Eastern Montgomery, Lower Bucks, Philadelphia, Upper Bucks, Western Chester and Western Montgomery and flood warnings in Berks and Montgomery County as well. So a lot going on weather wise, which, of course, there is flooding. There are bad accidents on, I know on the Schuylkill 76 at multiple points. Lincoln Drive is shut down with flooding and across the region, a lot of accidents. Be safe as you go in. And then in Chester County, because depending on where you are, we're right at that freezing point. So I know they're saying flurries in Philadelphia. At well, some that's, points. that's how it was when I walked out at 435 out of my apartment. It was, yeah, it was right at the point where I couldn't tell if it was rain or a flurry. And I got in my truck. It was 36 degrees and I'm like, yeah we're, yeah, we're right on that, that borderline. And then a lot of downed trees as well. Yeah. So we've got, you know, a lot of mess in the roadways, especially coming through like Manny on Chestnut Hill, those areas. So you want to just allow at least an hour extra time this morning. And in Chester County, they're saying very slippery roads uh, because they've got some icy situations. And Chester County specifically spin outs on the roadways. So Heads up on all of those. Be safe. Buckle up. All that good stuff. We are sponsored this morning by Wawa because whatever hoagie you prefer, Wawa hoagies are made just for you. And now you can get your favorite classic hoagie just the way you like for only $6. Gotta have a Wawa. We will warm up to 45 degrees today and tomorrow. Quite a chilly week ahead, but 45 today and tomorrow. The sun will come up. We will dry out. Kale and Company News Live. All right, Don, thank you very much. 7.15 on this Monday morning. Coming up next, three sets of polls that are very, very encouraging. And we've got some details on the skinniest state in the country now trying to criminalize fat phobia. We'll get to that story as we'll have a little fun before we get to the cut sheet. That's just about 20 minutes out. Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210. WPHD. This holiday season, all your wishes are coming true on FanDuel. In partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Oof. I did this wrong the last two, two weeks. Dare I do, do it again for a third? Um, the Seahawks and the Eagles, uh, the line right now is... Or is... Let me see here. Minus four and a half. The Eagles at minus four and a half. The money line at uh, minus 205. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's a game tonight. The Giants and the Packers. Maybe maybe choose that one. Um, sign up right now. FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg. You can get $150 in bonus bets for any $5 money line winning bet. Vandal Sportsbook is official partner of 1210 WPHT and the NFL 21 and over president of PA. First online real money wager, only $5 pregame money line wager required, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is not withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. 
It's Kale and Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. 15 minutes away from how fat pride became the new battleground in America's culture wars. Nick, Dawn, and Greg as we continue. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Cut sheet in just about 25 minutes. You know, very interesting when you start looking at a lot of these polls. And there's a couple of things I want to get into here. But we have to start uh, quickly with, (laughs) because it's fascinating that you could have such a monstrous lead, yet have no chance to get there and actually pull this off in real life. As the latest Wall Street Journal poll came out on Saturday, in which Nikki Haley... Now, keep in mind, too, this is following Nikki's performance at last week's debate, where she basically had to have sloppy Chris Christie intervene and uh, pull her out of our harm's way because she was being uh, double-teamed by Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy. But the latest Wall Street Journal poll, in a hypothetical one-on-one matchup against President Joe Biden... Nikki Haley has a remarkable 17-point lead over the incumbent, 51 to 34. Now, before we get to reality, it is worth noting, and I'm being fair here for Nikki Haley, who I think after last week should probably realize that the writing's on the wall, should the matchup materialize and the margin hold, which it's not going to happen because Trump will be the nominee, but just play along here. It would represent the largest winning general margin since 1984, the year your boy was born, when former President Ronald Reagan topped Walter Mondale by 18 points. If you're Nikki Haley, you've got to be sitting there today and saying, man, if it wasn't for a man with such a stranglehold on the party and such off-the-charts likability within the Republican Party, I actually think I could be the historical first female to win the presidency of the United States. But it's all probably a moot point because she will not beat Donald J. Trump. And also, speaking of historical firsts, Donald Trump, for the first time ever, is leading Joe Biden in a Wall Street Journal poll as Trump has a four-point advantage over Joe Biden, 47 to 43. Now, here's the also another interesting little wrinkle to this. It even finds that if Trump were convicted of a felony, and he's been charged with 91 felony counts to date in four separate criminal prosecutions and weaponized persecutions, he would still only trail Joe Biden by a single point. If you're Joe Biden, you have to, and like Joe Biden doesn't know today's Monday, December 11th, but if he did, and he knew where he was, to be only down a single point, with a conviction on your record of a felony, just goes to show you how awful and how unlikable Joe Biden really is. For what it's worth, the Wall Street Journal poll also puts Governor Ron DeSantis in a dead-even heat with Joe Biden at 45 to 45. But I thought it was interesting when they polled these individuals on a litany of topics how Donald Trump has rolled to victory In every single one of these, when it comes to rebuilding the economy, Trump is up 17 points on Joe Biden, 52 percent to 35 percent. Not a surprise whatsoever there. Securing the border, Trump has a 30 point lead, 54 percent to 24 percent. When it comes to inflation and getting it under control, Trump has a 21 point lead over Joe Biden. When it comes to 
uh, dealing with the cost of prescription drugs and bringing down those costs, they're dead even at 38%. When it comes to the wars of Israel and Hamas, as well as Russia and Ukraine, Trump has a 10-point lead on Russia-Ukraine and a 7-point lead on Israel and Hamas. But here's the one category where Donald Trump is failing. And it's the one category that will continue to haunt Republicans for the foreseeable future. And that is abortion. When it comes to abortion, Donald Trump trails Joe Biden 44% to 33%. We've talked about it countless times. You could look at all these polls and all these other categories, but it could literally, the the single word that could single-handedly destroy Republicans yet again in another election is the eight-letter word that starts with an A and ends with an N, and it's called abortion. As long as you have stories, and and by the way, what's happening now in Texas is not going to determine the 2024 election because it's it's way too far out. However, if there are more stories like that that come down where, um, you know, a state is, 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 is getting involved, the mm-hmm. attorney general is getting involved in... And stuff like this, basically saying he's going to prosecute doctors, yep. the GOP will lose in 2024. You talk about nuking your own chances right there. Yep. That will absolutely crush you. Also, like, not for nothing, but yep. like, there, there, there also was this, these polls that said that Hillary Clinton had a 99% chance of winning the 2016 election. Yeah. So, yes, Donald Trump is ahead by a ton. Um, but like no votes have been cast yet. So like let's just let's just wait for this to play out. Let's wait to see how the first states caucus mm-hmm. ugh, dumb word. Um and and vote in yeah. the next couple of months. Yeah, no, I agree. And and I think there there's three things and all of these polls look great. I mean it's it's actually so bad for Joe Biden right now that they're gonna be consulting Hillary Clinton this week. Um, so think about that. You defeated Trump in 2020, yet you're you're rolling in such uh, uncharted levels of unlikability that you have to default to the lady who lost to Trump in 2016. That, that, that's, that's remarkable. Hey, I'm, I'm doing so bad right now. I'm going to go talk to somebody that couldn't beat the guy the first time around eight years ago. But, you know, we look at all of these polls and there's three things. One is the abortion thing. Two you have to also think about all of the single career-oriented females out there that do not have children that you know go and get their seven or eight dollar cup of coffee each morning that will vote for any single human being on the planet not named Donald Trump. And also, too, and this really shouldn't have to be reiterated, but I do think it's worth mentioning. You know, there's also the silent majority out there, right? There's that group of people that's not polled. There's that group of people that don't share their political views on Twitter or Facebook that don't have a sign in their yard. Um, And I think those are the people that you should absolutely be worried about. Yeah, some of these polls are great. And also, we talked about in the last hour how the RNC has officially paused their primary debates. So coming up in January in Iowa and New Hampshire, debates will continue. CNN will televise one. ABC will televise another. But if you're Nikki Haley this morning and you're reading a Wall Street Journal poll that has you up 17 points on Joe Biden, yet your own uh, committee has basically said, we're not going to acknowledge anything moving forward. If I'm Nikki Haley, that's got to steam me up a little bit. But yeah, I, I yes, agreed. I just I just feel like we you know we we sometimes put not we but I mean people t- 
take these polls too seriously. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, well... It's, I don't believe any of them. Yeah. I really don't. Over the last two years, I don't believe a single one of them. Yeah. But it's just fascinating to look at all of these. Because when you start to add them up, it does add up to a lot of people. And like, granted, it's not, you know... What, he had 81 million, 80 million, 74. You're talking about 155 million. And then, of course, you look at these polls, 1,500 here, 3,000 there. Jesus on the YouTube chat writes, if the RNC doesn't get serious about mail-in balloting, mail-in balloting, then it won't matter. Bingo. Yeah. 855-839-1210. Don't worry, though. Colorado is getting serious about fat phobia. Where do you hear this ridiculous story? This is one of these things where I actually question if this actually is something going on in real life. And I'm not talking about making fat jokes. I'm talking about the legalized effort to prevent discrimination in the workplace. I truly don't believe in most professions where your physical appearance is no impact on your ability to perform that this actually happens. But we'll get to it when we continue. 855-839-1210. You know, the Piazza Auto Group is a great group and a great family to do business with. And normally I tell you about my Honda Ridgeline or Hyundai or Mazda or Acura or any of their other great brands, 17 different brands, 35 locations. But it's the holiday season, and there's no greater time of the year to give back than the holiday season. And that is why Piazza Premium Automobiles has partnered with the Salvation Army for the Piazza Toy Drive once again. You can visit any of the Pennsylvania or Delaware Piazza Premium showrooms through December 15th. So you have about four more days and stop by to donate a new toy. Your support will make the holidays a little brighter for a local child in need. To find the dealership near you, just check them out online at piazzapremiumautos.com. And again, up until December 15th, any of their dealerships, any of their locations in PA or Delaware, stop by and help somebody out for the holidays. Thank you and happy holidays. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. What's on the cut sheet coming up at 745 this morning, 920 morning mystery movie clip, $50 gift card to Burger King. BK, you can have it your way, because you rule. I think that's how the commercial goes. Seen the thing a thousand times. Harry Mays at 9.30 to try to make sense of what the Philadelphia Eagles rolled out on Sunday night football. Uh, Also, by the way, I mean, this show has continued to crush it for 15 months now, um, and and we mentioned that from time to time. But uh, later today, uh, for those that uh, are in the know, one of the uh, the big trade publications, uh, Barrett News Media, will be rolling out their top 20 major market morning shows in the news talk format. I suspect that Kale & Company will be on the list. And if we're not high enough up on the list, I'm going to take my gripes to social media <laughs> and uh, have them retaliate these things, retabulate. Yeah. So that's coming up later today. We'll take a victory lap once that comes out. Um, But let me get to this story. This was a uh, stalker find, and I find this very interesting. It's courtesy of the Daily Mail. And the headline reads, How Fat Pride Became the New Battleground in America's Culture Wars. One in six U.S. deaths are linked to obesity. But liberal states are banning fat phobia with discrimination laws. And what's interesting about this is the story is based upon Boulder, Colorado, which apparently is the fittest city 
in the United States of America. Is that true? Boulder is? I, I thought that John Denver was full of it, to be honest. But, um, yeah, apparently it's the fittest city, the slimmest state in the country is Colorado. Which, I mean, they're very uh, very open and liberal when it comes to marijuana. So, I don't know. Maybe people just don't eat in that state because they're blazed out of their mind all the time. Although, I, I was always told when you yeah, blaze, you, you get, get the munchies. munchies yeah. And so, yeah, I'm not really rock. sure how that works. But uh, what makes it extraordinary is that Colorado, America's slimmest state where Boulder is situated, is set to become the first state in the U.S. for 50 years to ban fat phobia by law. <laughs> wait, 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 what? Yes. Ban fat phobia? That is correct. Okay. And it's apparently not alone and its aims to legislate this way. Across America, politicians have been planning laws to add a person's weight to the list of characteristics such as your race, your age, your religion, your sexual orientation, your gender that are protected from discrimination. So I'm trying to think about this logically and practically in the real world. And I immediately started thinking about the workplace. I don't look. Is there fat jokes out there? Of course. Fat jokes have been around for, for since you know, mankind walked on planet Earth. By the way, we all keep getting fatter as a society as we evolve for some reason. It's weird how that works. You ever see pictures from like people in the 1930s walking through New York City? They all look slim and fit. Now everybody's just fat and sloppy like uh, our buddy. Sloppy Chris Christie. But um, I'm thinking about this practically in the workplace. In what profession do you get banned or discriminated against? From trying to get a job, I you know talk radio. I mean, there's a lot of news. TV, yes, TV news appearance absolutely matters as as it should. And I think I I think I've been discriminated against as a bald guy. You see any bald bearded guys on TV? No, Michael Smirconish. They're they're all on radio. They're all on radio. You got a face (laughs) for radio, Nick Kale. But like teachers, nurses, sales reps, attendants. Yeah, well, I don't know. In in this day and age, I've seen a lot of dudes as flight attendants. Cocktail waitresses. Oh, yeah. Waitresses, but especially flight attendants, because you have to fit through the... They're so crammed in there. Mm. You have to fit through the metal detector? No, in the airplane. They have to sit in those tiny little seats. Right. And they have to get through the tiny aisle and stuff. But have you seen this? I mean, I, I, I don't... Again, this is one of those things where I think we are overreacting because people that are social media influencers like uh, Lizzo is on uh, TikTok and Instagram saying that she will only go to certain places that have fat accessibility. <laughs> like what? And, yeah. and we, remember, we played you that video months ago where that lady said that since she couldn't fit in the one seat on the airplane, that she should be given the seat next to her at no additional charge. Mm-hmm. So wait a minute. A- as a capitalist, but as somebody that has common sense, why should the airline... So let's say those two seats in row 27, seats uh, E and F, let's say they both go for $119 a piece. Why should I lose $119? Because you can't fit the other half of your keister in a seat. What sense does that make? And why is that my fault? Now, if you want to buy both seats and then lift the handle up... And, uh, you know, kind of uh, split the middle 50-50, so to speak. Be my guest. But I'm not losing out on money because of your problem. The problem is is that we're, we're celebrating unhealthiness and we're celebrating people's early deaths because th- that's really what it leads to. Obesity leads to early death. Yep, one in six. So 
by not having the conversation or tiptoeing around it or not, you know, saying it. Now, look, don't be don't be cruel. Don't be mean. No. But like we need to we have discussions about everything, about, you know, mental health and every like this is this is just if not more deadly. So let's have the conversation. But let me ask you this. In what encounter? I, I can think of two encounters where somebody brings up somebody's weight. You're with your buddies or your friends, and maybe this is a guy thing and not a female thing, but I, I've got guys in my fantasy football league. There's two or three of them that could probably uh, you know, afford to go on a salad-only diet for the next six months, okay? And we bust their chops about it. And then when you have interactions where it results in a fight, whether it's a physical altercation or a verbal altercation, and usually alcohol is involved. Like maybe perhaps that video of the Eagles and the Cowboy fan fighting last night on Sunday Night Football out in the uh, the concourse. Uh, insults about somebody's weight come out. But I don't think this is a daily occurrence where other human beings are bad-mouthing other people about their weight. Primarily because I think most humans are disconnected from society because they've got their phone in their hand and they're looking down and scrolling and swiping, or they're walking around society completely disconnected with earbuds in their ears. So, like, again, you want to criminalize this? Um, I I, I need to see the anecdotal evidence as to where these occurrences are happening. Because we certainly are seeing it with uh, anti-Semitism. It is running rampant. But all these other things that the left is always in the mode of victimization, the victim card, this community's so fat people are under attack as well. Is that is that what you're claiming? I I want to see. I want to know wh- how you how you justify that. And then oh by the way, it's happening on top of it. The the ultimate irony in Boulder, Colorado, where apparently everybody has a Peloton and runs four miles a day because they're the slimmest human beings in the country. And they have great weather. I mean, Colorado, you think skiing and hiking. Yeah. A lot of outdoors people. Pennsylvania, by the way, 30%. 30% what? 30% obesity. Is that? Well, but here's the thing. Which is lower, actually. You look at the South, except for Florida. Yeah. The South is, has it, the South and the Midwest has it the worst. That's because they all they do is eat barbecue. Yep. Yeah. You can't, it's a surprise, surprise. You can't have barbecue twice a week and expect to be slim and fit. But so you're saying 30%. In where? Pennsylvania? In Pennsylvania, for Pennsylvania. But to be fair, and this is not just to defend Pennsylvania, um, this is at any level, the metrics for obesity are kind of absurd, right? They are. Like the, the, the body mass index is kind of a, an ana- at, antiquated concept. At my height, they say I should weigh 170 pounds. You would look like you're on coke. I have, I have not been 170 pounds since uh, right. 10th grade. I should be lower than that. Because at five nine, I think I'm guessing I should be like one sixty. Jesus, <laughs> I mean I'm I'm almost forty pounds overweight. Then yeah, it's ridiculous. So I do look as a nation. Yeah, we we could all stand to drop a few. Um, well, everybody's going to try starting on one one. Yeah, and, and then, then they'll <laughs> give up by uh, February thirteenth. Yeah, I don't know what gym you go to, uh, Nick, but it's going to be really crowded oh in January. God. Yeah. If you're one of those like big chain gym companies, you got to love the first of the year. Yeah. 
Because everybody buys the subscriptions, or, or yeah. not subscriptions, but the memberships, yeah. and then goes for a month and yeah. then doesn't go again and forget that they have yeah. the membership and well, they just get free money. And, yeah. and, and I always talk to people that you know say they got to get into the gym, but they don't have time. Like yeah. some of our Gen Zers that cry on TikTok that they have to work a nine to five and don't have time for the gym. The amount of time, when you get your weekly screen time report from your iPhone on Sunday, and it says uh, five hours and 32 minutes, just imagine if you actually spent 90 of those minutes on a treadmill, which, oh, by the way, here's the beauty of it. You can actually be on a treadmill Mm -hmm. while scrolling and swiping. Yep. So you could still get your beloved uh, screen time on your smart device while walking for an hour and a half and probably walking off uh, 380 calories. Absolutely. What a concept. So so how are they they going to um, prosecute this? I I don't even know how you... how do you enforce charge, it? I mean. How do you charge somebody? I, I, well, you, is the, uh, the cops walking around the sidewalk looking for this? If somebody files it, I mean, I would assume if it happens in a workplace, you would. Your first step would probably be to go to HR, right? I mean, you're not going to call the cops from your cubicles saying mm-hmm. somebody's fat shaming you, are you? Bill L on the YouTube chat says he's he's five six one sixty and just me. The obesity chart. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Five six one sixty. Yeah. Oh well, they would they would claim he's on the verge of dying. That is just absurd. Well, I mean, they, they, I think at five nine, you're supposed to be one sixty. So I got three inches on on Bill, and they they they're telling me I need to lose forty pounds. Oh my god! I was actually one sixty about six years ago after I had um, my acid reflux surgery because for about six to eight weeks. It's very hard to eat a normal volume of food because you get your stomach wrapped. And so it's it's hard to actually get some of the food to go all the way down. So you have to eat real small portions. And I lost probably 20. I was probably 185 at the time. And I lost 20 or 25 pounds. And people were like, dude, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, it's because the, uh, the side effects of the reflux surgery until your stomach kind of resituates itself after two or three months. Trust me. When you're 5'9", you don't want to look 160. You do not. Well, and it depends. I have a relative, and he's he goes to the gym like every day. Well, you see, he's probably carved up real good. Right. And right. so if you look at him, you go, oh, my gosh, this is the most fit person, right. eats really clean foods and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he has, when he when he looks at the chart, he is at a, you know, 31%. 31% on the BMI chart, which means technically obese. Yeah. And so it doesn't account for the fact that muscle weighs three times that of fat, which I think that would ultimately punish men more than women. Yeah, that's true. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah, Because sure. men tend to have more muscle mass. Right. 855-839-1210. If you want to jump in, 746 Monday morning. It is time for a Monday installment of What's on the Cut Sheet. What's on the Cut Sheet? What's in the country on this Monday is brought to you by our good friends at Cherry Hill Volvo. Now is a great time to go because they need to clear their lot. They're undergoing a state-of-the-art renovation and need to make room for construction vehicles. Take advantage of incredible sales and lease options right now. Cherry Hill Volvo. Check them out on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. <clears throat> I want to talk about what we were talking about at uh, 720, Nick. Um, Kelly O'Donnell from NBC News was on Meet the Press yesterday. 
And she says that the Biden re-election campaign will aggressively begin to tie Trump to every abortion restriction. That's what they've been relegated to. So this is this is we've said this from day one that this is this is the playbook. This will be the playbook. And if states like Texas continue to do what they're doing, yep. they're going to lose. Yep. Uh, cut one, guys. Go. Take us inside Biden world. How concerning is this? And I know within this context, you've got new reporting on how they might use the issue of abortion, which we've obviously been talking about here in 2024. The first reaction is that bad poll numbers are something that is somewhat baked in in the minds of people who are close to the president. They've seen it before. And then they turn quickly and look at recent elections and say when voters are asked to not just respond to a survey, but to cast a ballot, they have done so in ways that match up with some of the president's priorities. We saw it in November in Virginia with the state legislature. We saw it in Ohio with respect to abortion. On abortion, uh, the new reporting is that the campaign will more aggressively tie Donald Trump to every instance mm. in America where there is a restriction, a ban on abortion, when there is abortion in the news. You were talking with Senator Romney about the Texas case to say Ken Paxton, the state attorney general there, was endorsed by Donald Trump. Mm. And so they want to link Trump in every way to the change in people's lives with respect to abortion. And to then say that is the kind of position you would have when when Donald Trump talks about day one uh, being an authoritarian, a dictator, they're saying day by day Mm -hmm. he's becoming more autocratic. And so if they look at something practical like abortion, that's a way to get at it. Democracy might be more theoretical for many Americans. And so abortion is a way where they can link him to that day by day. They will go feelings over facts because the facts are not on their side. And you will hear three words for the next ten and a half months. You will hear dictator, democracy, abortion. Dictator, democracy, abortion. Because Biden can't run on the economy. He can't run on inflation. He can't run on the border being safe and secure. He can't run on crime in big cities. What can he run on? Abortion. And they're going to go into the feelings. That's what they're going to do. They are absolutely going to do it, and we have seen since Roe v. Wade was kicked back down to the states in the summer of 2022, Republicans have come up over, like the Eagles at the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night, over. Yeah, it's it's literally the only thing the Democrats can run on, and they're going to run on it uh, bigly. Bigly. Uh, she mentioned Senator Romney. Um, he... He was on for a big interview with Christian Walker, Welker, excuse me, and uh, you know talking about the Biden in, impeachment inquiry, and he says he doesn't see any evidence that should warrant an impeachment inquiry. Cut two guys go. As you know, House Republicans have signaled that they may vote as early as this week on an impeachment inquiry into President Biden, despite the fact that they haven't shown yet a direct link between Hunter Biden's business dealings and President Biden. Have you seen any evidence that President Biden has committed high crimes and misdemeanors? No, I I don't uh, see any evidence of that at all. Uh, I think before you begin an impeachment inquiry, you ought to have some evidence, some inclination uh, that there's been wrongdoing. And so far, there's nothing of that nature that's been provided. So are you opposed to the impeachment inquiry? Well, if I were in the House, I'd vote against it unless they were able to bring forward uh, uh, evidence that suggested there there were a high crime or misdemeanor that had been uh, committed. But so far, that hasn't been the case. Look, look, fortunately, 
uh, for most people, we're not responsible for the misdeeds of our kids and grandkids and great grandkids. Nothing in my family I'm embarrassed about. But but uh, President Trump's excuse me, President Biden's son Hunter is obviously been a very unsavory person, and has had some extremely uh, damaging personal uh, foibles, including a drug habit and so forth. Uh, that's not President Biden, and uh, and we're not going to impeach someone because of the sins of their kids. Yeah, it's funny. I've never seen any evidence of an R actually being next to Mitt Romney's name when he was actually active. The R went from Republican to retired, uh, and now he's uh, doing the mainstream media tour. Must have a book coming up. You know, it's interesting, though, when you, we, you, what people decide to look at and what people decide to omit. I'm not sure how you can lay out the case that House Republicans have laid out and not arrive at some level of a conclusion that there's some level of corruption going on. Now, does it rise to the level of the president actually being impeached? Perhaps not. But when you have money from all of these nations and all of these lies that Joe has tripled down on, that we have now seen the receipts that completely contradict what... And I'm not specifically talking, because I think at the end of the day, what people have to realize... Look, Hunter Biden with drugs and hookers, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean a damn thing about Joe Biden. I, like, there's nobody out there. I, I truly believe this part. When it comes to Hunter himself, I don't think his lavish lifestyle leads to anybody ditching Joe as a Joe voter and voting Republican. Where I think the possible impeachment inquiry is valid and where I do believe you could maybe get somebody to go from voting for Joe to Trump is the money. If you follow the money, those are the things like the shell companies, the checks to James Biden. And then you see 400,000, 10 percent is 40,000. That 40,000 ends up in Joe's bank. We've heard things like 10 percent for the big guy. Those are the things that actually, I think, have some merit. Hunter sniffing up uh, 200 grand means nothing to me. I, I'd still marvel at the fact uh, of uh, Mitt Romney's complete fall from grace. I was at the station in 2011 when he was literally the, the person who was going to save the Republican Party from Obama. And now he's, now he's on Meet the Press saying yeah. stuff like that. He's basically a Democrat. Very interesting. Yep. Uh, Al Gore <laughs> says that there's a mental health crisis around the world. We all know that, right? Yeah, Greta Thunberg exemplifies it. Well, it's funny you say that uh, because it is not the mental. It's not what we think is causing the mental health crisis. It's actually the the climate crisis that's causing the mental crisis. Oh, okay. Cut three guys ago. Right. You know, there's a there's a mental health crisis around the world, Jake, that we hear people talking about. I think that one of the main reasons for that uh, is that young people look uh, at the f fact that we are not yet solving the climate crisis or dealing with some of these other challenges, uh, and we hear this word thrown around, polycrisis. Well, solving the climate crisis is a poly solution. We know what to do. We have the means to do it, and we have to make sure of that we make the right political choices in our democracy to enable ourselves to make the right choices. Could you imagine, and we know these people out there, they actually exist. I forget who the female politician was uh, months and months ago on this show. We played you the clip where she said her children get yeah. up in the middle of the night mm -hmm. terrified over yep. climate change. Mm -hmm. yep. Could you imagine actually thinking about climate change so much in your everyday existence 
that it leads to the mental breakdown of your brain? Like, I, I, I've never seen one of these individuals in real life. They only seem to exist on TikTok or they just travel with John Kerry and Al Gore. Um, but, like, the Greta Thunbergs of the world, like, yeah, she's, she's proof that mental health is a real issue in this country. And the fact that you could allow mental health to be a thing because of your fear of the climate, um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of uh, psychiatrists out there that should be prescribing some, some serious meds to these people. Uh, Sheila Jackson Lee was defeated in her Houston mayoral race uh, by uh, Democrat State Senator John Whitmire. Uh, it was, there was a runoff election. We talked about it a little bit. Remember, she had that ad where she told people to vote on the wrong day. <laughs> Maybe yeah, that, both, both December 9th when <laughs> the election was the 7th. Maybe that had something to do with it, just saying. Yeah. Um, or maybe it was the fact that she calls them Gen Z and millenniums. Millenniums. Cut four. This is uh, this audio a video is courtesy of ABC 13 in Houston. Cut four, guys. Go. You've spoken quite extensively about how your opponent had a much larger war chest than you did. What, if anything, would you have done differently? Well, I don't think there's anything you could do uh, when the uh, ability to spend nine to one is there. We raised every dime that we utilized. We're very grateful for that. Uh, we came into this race in the spring of 2023. We didn't have a, a two-year run, uh, and I was just grateful. All the people I met, all the people that gravitated toward this campaign, all the excitement, it made me have a renewed uh, excitement about government, about people's concern, about the civic life, and I just want to continue that. And I met a lot of Gen Z and millennials, and they are millennials. I said, we're simply opening the door for you to take our place. I want to continue along that path and let them work with me as they move in years to come for leadership uh, in this nation and in this uh, community. You know, Sheila, as a millennial that identifies you as a Gen Xer, I'm, I'm offended by that. The, the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium. The Millennium Falcon. Oh. By the way, Sheila, she gets a ton of run on media for somebody that hasn't accomplished a whole heck of a lot. I'm fascinated by the amount of people that don't win in politics that always seem to find a microphone or a camera. She's one of them. Or or advise campaigns like we we said yes. earlier Hillary Clinton's doing. It's yeah. like It's like, hey... Uh, she lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's Why have you her advice. Her brain. Right? Well, I mean, you could say around forever. Right? You could say that a lot of the um, consultants yeah. for radio, uh-huh. uh, for radio people, are failed PDs. Well, PDs that have been fired or you know whatever, let go at some yeah. point in their careers. Oh yeah. So why am I taking? I I will make this promise to each and every one of you when I'm shown the door here. Yeah. I'm out of radio. Like, I'm done with right. radio. You're not going to open up a consulting agency? I'm not going to add, no. Right. No. Never say never, Greg. Right. Like if, no, if, I'm you, saying never. Could you imagine <laughs> Greg Stalker RadioConsulting.com where the first uh, rule, like, you would put out your Ten Commandments of radio, and the number one commandment would be this. Can we stop getting yeah. our news from Twitter? <laughs> you would tell Amen all brand managers. Amen to that. Yes. All right, I'm rolling the dice here. I know that this this is this might end badly for YouTube, but I'm, oh. you know, I got to play it. So, did you guys see SNL over the weekend? So, the cold open started by mocking the um, the hearings that happened uh, last week with the UPenn president and the Harvard president. And you would think, great, ripe for that's ripe for the picking. Great. Yeah. Well, SNL decided that they were going to actually take shots at Elise Stefanik and not the two Harvard presidents, and probably do it in an unfunny fashion. And by the way, it was super unfunny. Like, oh, no, like. Very, 
very few laughs. Yeah, that's their brand. Very few laughs. Even for an SNL, you're watching this and it's kind of like cringe. Mm-hmm. But they decided to go after Elise Stefanik and make her a caricature okay. rather than um, uh, uh, the two presidents of Harvard and UPenn. I'm going to play a little bit of this and I'm going to stop it because we might get booted off of YouTube because of the copyright issues, but we'll try it here. Right. Uh, I'm just going to play the audio here. So this is how it started. Miss Stefanik. Thank you, chairwoman. Now, I'm going to start screaming questions at these women like I'm Billy Eichner. See, it's it's already, we're already starting with the over-the-top voice. Mm-hmm. And yep. if you actually listen to the, if you watch the whole thing, they are, uh, the professors are very measured and, mm-hmm. and giving answers. And, and mm-hmm. All right, we continue a little bit more. Anti-Semitism, yay or nay? I'm sorry, what? Yes or no is calling for the genocide of Jews against the Code of Conduct for Harvard. Unbelievable, right? It's, wow. it's just that noise. I would just want to turn the TV off. <laughs> it's like the over... Like, when you have to try too hard to be funny, you're usually not funny. Yeah. Um, by the way, there's a method of why I'm playing a little bit and I stopping can, I can, I'm okay. picking up on it. Okay, all right. Uh, a little bit more here. Well, it depends on the context. <gasps> what? <laughs> that can't be your answer, you pen lady. Same question, yes or no. See, like the uh, the presidents are very measured, and they're yeah. very, and she's like, "Get over the top, boys!" Uh-huh. It talks like this. Yeah, um, yeah. That's 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 the direction she went that uh, down. All right. This well, is a bad we are look. serious yeah, about it is. in all forms of hatred, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia. The second one, and my tea lady, Chase to steal. You know, here's here's my here's my one complaint, and then I have a serious question. My, my, my complaint is, why is it that this once proud franchise, mm. I mean, going back to Chevy Chase, to the early 90s with, uh, you know, Sandler and Farley and Spade, the late 80s with Eddie Murphy, and then even the early 2000s and late 90s with uh, Will Ferrell and even Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wasn't a fan of him, but, you know, he, had, he was successful on that show. Why is it that in this day and age of never-ending content, where they are, t- mm-hmm. they have more material to work with than ever, and they can't crank out one single thing that is funny, all because they're on the wrong side of the fence when it comes to humor. Yeah. Like the, the humorous side would have been the complete opposite to Amen. do. But here's my legit question. Mm-hmm. Why is this permitted on that show if the executive producer... Is Jewish. It's a great question. Lorne Michael is Jewish. To my knowledge, he's Jewish. Everything I've ever heard or read about him, he's Jewish. Mm-hmm. So either he's uh, of the belief that he finds he's self-deprecating and he thinks this is funny, or he's just completely missing the boat on the actual political nature of the last eight and a half weeks. The problem is, is that they they're just doing what their writers and what their producers or whatever believe. So it's funny to them because they. They don't believe what 99% of the American people believe. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, they're writing it from their own experience or from what they think is mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. But the problem is, is that they've lost touch with what the American people think is funny. 
SNL might have been better off if the writer's strike kept going. <laughs> they could have just had guys like me and Dorenzo go in there, and uh, and we would have handled it. This year, and look, I'm I'm a like I love the history of Saturday Night Live. I so absolutely I. love it. I, I think it's like I I've read books about it. I am fascinated with it. I've got best of DVDs from yeah. all eras. I just it's just this show has completely lost its way. And you know what? Maybe it has a lot to do with the fact that like Lorne Michaels needs to go. He just does. He's 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 too up. He's too old. He doesn't really have a pulse on what's edgy it and funny anymore. It does. It absolutely does. You know, we talk about debates and how we got to get rid of the format. Well, maybe it's time that we move. And same thing with like, you know, stand up comedy shows like monologues and mm. things like that. Maybe it's time for SNL to ditch the opening bit uh, where they have the guest host and then he comes out on stage afterwards and does his little stand up. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, get rid of Weekend Update. Weekend Update with Norm MacDonald in like 1994, 1995. Was amazing. When he was doing the OJ Simpson stuff, he was the oh best my to do it. God. He was the best to do it. And think about how edgy that was at the time because of NBC, like, the head of NBC was best friends with OJ. Think about how edgy that was, that, that it was a. A big slap in the face and a big middle finger. Who's that? Ebersol? I I'm not sure who it was. It was somebody that didn't like what what uh, um, uh, what he was doing, and it, they they were cutting edge. They were counterculture. Now they're just like they might as well go on a college campus. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and I would also put term limits on cast members like Keenan Keenan Thompson. You've been on there for 20 years. Yeah. It, it, the, the, the goal, the, the objective of SNL was to be a launching pad for your career, not to become a career cast member, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Eddie Murphy, uh, Adam Sandler, Spade, Rock, Farley, Farrell, Fallon. I mean, all of these people used SNL because I, I think I read something maybe a year or two ago where I think cast members on SNL make under $100,000 a year. They're not making millions of dollars. Like, like, so if you're on that show, you're probably making eighty grand or something like that. It's, I don't, it's not a significant salary. I it's more than that. Yeah, a little, it's, but it's it's, not it's a, a lot. platform. By the way, it was Don Olmeyer who the, called Don up. Olmeyer, yep. Remember, he called up. Dor- the The story was that's why Norm was fired. Okay. Yeah. Because remember, reason, it I was thinking Dick. Bit. I was thinking Dick Ebersol for some reason. Yeah. No. It, yeah. <laughs> it became a bit where they were just like they just didn't care anymore. And like uh, Norm Macdonald, one of his writers uh, was on a Conan O'Brien podcast when he listened to it and it was just he had norm stories that were just hysterical like he would he would be presented with two jokes one that will is a guaranteed laugh and one that might get crickets Mm -hmm. he always chose the one that would get crickets because he loved the silence and the challenge of trying to make something funny yeah when it what like he never went for the easy laugh which i i i admire so much in a comic well think about it he didn't tell people about his cancer when he was dying. I know. Because he he thought that people would feel sorry for him mm-hmm. and wouldn't laugh at his jokes and he had that show. Yep. So think think about that. And think about the fact that Don Olmeyer, so the president of NBC comes up and goes, hey, you know, OJ's a friend of mine. I Don't do any more OJ mm-hmm. jokes. Yeah. Think, think about the chutzpah. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he went, like went with it every mm-hmm. time. Yep. Uh, I just uh, checked out the SNL cast member salaries. This is uh, according to Yahoo. So there are 21 episodes per season. Um, and the starting salary is $147,000 per season. So I was off. Uh, second year cast members make $8,000 per episode, which equates to $168,000 a year. 
Imagine making 168 grand not to be funny. That's a good life. Well, I'm. <laughs> I mean, what they're doing—that—that's not—that's not a ton of money. And no. can you imagine um, uh, making that money and living in New York City? Right. So you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's a little different. And by the way, we remained up on YouTube. Hey. So, so now we woo! figured out that we now have yeah. the secret sauce. The secret sauce is the audio talking. only. Well, no, we twelve did, seconds a, a shot. We did audio only one time before, and they still took us down. But we played it consecutively. This we we played ten seconds, stopped. Ten yeah. seconds, stopped. Talked over it. Did you think about that while you were sleeping? I, I did because we were brainstorming this last night at like seven thirty. Like, how do we figure this out? Yeah, this is this was my this was my hail hail mary play because yeah. I look I I'm not you know YouTube is great and I love having. Uh, I love having it up there, but it's not like if we get taken down, it's like my concern is over the air and what we do, mm-hmm. you know, for over the air and for uh, the app. So yeah. um, I was going to play it regardless. I was just hoping that we wouldn't get taken down on YouTube and we did not. There we so go. Thank, thank you. For Take that, that bots. Um, we we out algorithm the algorithm. How about yeah, that? How about that? Uh, Kevin McCarthy was on CBS Sunday morning yesterday being interviewed by Robert Costa and he endorsed Trump for president and said that he would serve in his cabinet if asked. Cut six, guys, go. Will Donald Trump be the nominee? Yes. And the Republican Party? Yes. And if Biden stays as the nominee for the Democrats, I believe Donald Trump will win. I believe the Republicans will gain more seats in the House and the Republicans will win the Senate. Can he count on your support? Yes. That's an endorsement. I will support the president. I will support President Trump. Would you be willing to serve in a Trump cabinet? In the right position, look, if, I, if I'm the best person for the job, yes. Look, I've worked with President Trump on a lot of policies. I, we work together to win the majority. But we also have a relationship where we're very honest with one another. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of weight that carries for a guy who is on Zero. his way out. Yes, that was my <laughs> polite way of Sorry. saying it. Um, and I don't think that Trump would come to him. But, you know, it's interesting. Would he be backing Trump? And I'm not saying that was an emphatic endorsement. He was asked twice and he said, I will support Trump. He didn't say, yes, I will endorse. I always, I always try to listen to their specific answers. But where was this in the last year and a half or so? Now, all of a sudden, because you're kind of out of the line of fire, so to speak, you're all of a sudden the big Trump supporter and the big advocate for DJT. And while we worked together and we were brutally honest together, he's, he's such a weasel. Uh, Joe Biden made a rally stop in Nevada over the weekend, and he was talking about making high-speed rails happen between Las Vegas and Los Angeles. Okay, uh, This is how that sounded. Cut eight guys go. And finally, to bring high-speed rail to our nation. Today, I'm here to deliver on that vision. You have no idea how much this pleases me. At long last, we're building the first high-speed rail project in our nation's history. And it's starting here. It's part of $8.2 billion investment we're making in 10 major rail projects across America, reaching tens of millions of people. We're putting high-speed rail on the fast track. Together, we're finally going to make high-speed rail happen between Las Vegas and Los Angeles. Well, at least Las Vegas to Los Angeles is a little more realistic when it comes to trains, which, by the way, his fascination with trains is fascinating, isn't it? Like He, he loves to talk about trains. He's like my pop-pop used to be with the little train you put around the Christmas tree. Yeah. And he'd, like, he'd be like the little conductor. He'd be sitting there saying choo-choo in the living room. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's a lot more realistic than the train that he wants to build 
What, what was it from from across the Indian Ocean? Uh, <laughs> I, I forget the uh, what point A to point B was, but it was not a uh, plausible um, vision. How much will this cost? I'm sure you guys ask. Uh, Joe Biden has an answer. Cut seven guys. Go. Over a billion, three hundred million, trillion, three hundred million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. How, um, uh, let me, Mr. President, could you? I know your uh, wife's a Philly girl, but can you tell us just how much? Jalen Hurts' new contract is worth over a billion, three hundred million, trillion, three hundred million dollars. <laughs> Mr. President, over the weekend, Shohei Otani went to the Dodgers. Uh, could you tell us what LA is doling out for per year to Mr. Otani? Over a billion, three hundred million, trillion, three hundred million dollars. <laughs> try to try to actually write that out. For, by the way, it's wait. There's a mind numbing exercise. Over a billion, three hundred million, trillion, three hundred million dollars. A lot of cash. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That'll that'll help the deficit. <laughs> Man. That's a good one. God. He's done this before too. Yeah. And and if you notice too, in that clip with the uh the trains, mm-hmm. he's talking very, very fast. Yeah. He gets when it comes to certain things, he really ups the tempo of his delivery, and that's where all his snafus come from. Yep. Uh, you play this. You play this earlier, but I'm gonna play it again for the uh, folks who are just tuning in late. And I assume there's a lot of you tuning in late because of the late night game last night. Um, Hunter Biden doesn't do a ton of interviews, but when he does, he goes on the Moby Pod. Yeah. By the way, because I, I played that one, some of that in the big yeah, take. Yeah. Is the Moby Pod a pod I should be aware of? I never no. heard of it until this weekend. I think it it literally just started. I think it just started like last month or the month before because okay. when i saw this over the weekend i was like well i have to clearly listen to this right. so i i actually listened to the entire did you really interview okay um yeah i, I mean look he's he's you know, moby moby's his friend they met in rehab uh-huh. and you know he okay. was kind of yeah they went I mean, out to his everybody's got a podcast these days right? malibu beach house yeah it's just it, listening to people who don't know radio or do radio do podcasts is just is, infuriating it's infuriating I it really agree. is because he had one hit in the late 90s or early 2000s everybody thinks that he you know knows something um <laughs> i'm going to cut 12 here on the current on the uh corruption allegations um hunter biden says it's uh it's it's russian disinformation cut 12 guys go which, by the way, this whole idea that this this may not, in every aspect, be a Russian disinformation campaign, but it has literally every earmark of what the Russians did. Yeah. There's, um, what's it called? It's called um, eliminationist rhetoric. Eliminationist rhetoric was something that the Nazis came up with as a as a tool to, to undermine uh, their political rivals. And then Putin has fine-tuned it. And what Putin did when he was coming to power in the early 2000s was... There were still some real significant voices of some and some with real money and intellectual public standing inside of Russia or living as expatriates that were speaking out against Putin. So what did he do? He didn't argue with them on the merits. He didn't argue with them about economic policy and democracy and the freedom to vote because he knew he'd lose that argument. So what did he do? He labeled them pedophiles. He planted child pornography on their laptops and their computers. And so maybe only 10% of the people then in the public would believe this. But then when he would turn around after he got 10, 15, 20% of the people believe in the worst thing you can possibly think about a human being, then when he turns around and said, and also he's a money launderer and he is against the Russian people. 
it's a lot easier for them to believe that. You know, I'm not sure what's more embarrassing, the fact that the Democrats can deny like this and play this tired card or the fact that a majority or a good portion of their voting base will actually believe it. I'm not sure what about Hunter Biden's laptop that has files chronicling his spending on drugs and women um, and fake teeth. I don't know what any of that has to do with Putin planning fake porn on people's laptops uh, in what he called election. Um, I forget what the, the phrase was, another made up phrase by Democrats. But when in doubt, if you can't blame Trump and you can't blame uh, white supremacy, you blame the Russians. He was asked about Elon Musk. He called him a very damaged human being and claims Musk is culpable in spreading misinformation against him. Cut 13, go. And then you have the people that are the most culpable of all. You have the people that literally just love to feed it because they think that it is some kind of a game. (laughs) They think that it is some... Like, the one thing about Elon Musk that I'm certain of is there's another very damaged human being. Yes. And he is... I say that he is the dumbest, smart person I think that the world has ever known. (laughs) To be fair, there are a lot of dumb, smart people. No, I know, but he now represents... I would say Rupert but you know what it's like elon musk doesn't care about the damn first amendment he doesn't care about anybody but himself and so all of this idea that he's a champion for the first amendment and blah 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 elon musk doesn't care about democracy elon musk doesn't care about our freedom to vote he doesn't care about that. Is there any time that you've ever saw anything from him that has any rational defense of democracy, of what we've created here as Americans, as his adopted country? I, I, I will say this, and I'm going to completely eviscerate Hunter Biden in a second. I do believe Elon Musk has become uh, a certain level of a troll and inattention whore. I think he loves having talk shows and Twitter tweets and columns written about him. It feeds the ego. But you don't, you don't lose $22 billion. You don't restore, quote, free speech, even though you're not really entitled free speech on a private platform like Twitter. They have the right to get rid of people at their own, you know, um, you know, their own, um, their own reasoning. But like, you don't go to the extents of which Elon Musk has gone. And also Donald Trump to a certain extent as well. If you don't believe in the cause you're fighting for. Think about this for a second. Elon Musk was a left-wing progressive darling until he bought Twitter. Donald Trump was a mainstream media um, beloved figure. And then all of a sudden, Donald Trump runs for president as a Republican. He's persona non grata. And Elon Musk, again, I mean, he lost $22 billion and, oh, by the way, has federal agencies investigating him. And he's doing that for what? For attention, I, I do think he loves the attention, but you don't risk your your livelihood, your financial security, and perhaps even your freedom if you don't believe in the fact that you're fighting for free speech. So I would totally disagree with Hunter Biden on that. By the way, we're uh, streaming live on YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210 WPHE. We did not get taken down for that yeah. SNL clip. I love it. Uh, if you're watching right now or, uh, or just listening, uh, hit the like button on today's show. Hit the like button. I want to get to 100 likes. Also, if, if you have not done so, please hit the subscribe button. Uh, please hit the subscribe button. Uh, Jonathan Turley weighed in on the Hunter Biden indictment. He was hit with nine um, felony charges, uh, federal tax evasion, 
Um, and this is what he said. I'm going to start here with cut nine here. Phil, go. Now, the framing from Hunter's attorneys, uh, Abby Lowell says uh, that they bowed to Republican pressure, prosecutors. If Hunter's last name was anything but Biden, the charges would not have been brought. That cuts both ways, though, because, you know, there's also the argument out there that prosecutors perhaps thought that there was egg on their face for not being aggressive enough initially. Well, I have to disagree with Abby. If his name was Manafort, they would have indicted him years ago because they did. <laughs> they didn't waste any time indicting Paul Manafort. But more importantly, the whistleblowers came forward with a litany of examples of special deals and sweetheart uh, pleas that, that were that were given to Hunter Biden. They even revealed that there was a move to have no charges at all. That wasn't because his name uh, was anything other than the president's son. I mean, the, the, most of us have not seen these types of special dealings. Keep in mind that when this sweetheart deal was brought before a judge, who's one of the real heroes in this scandal, uh, she asked the prosecutors, have you ever seen anything like this? And he said, no. And so that's when this all began to fall apart. Well, first of all, it fell apart, and it was an embarrassing look for both prosecutor and defense attorney when that sweetheart deal was brought before that judge who basically, uh, and I'm embellishing here, ripped it up in front of their faces as they rightfully should because it was an embarrassment. But this is, you talk about an embarrassment in what your last name is or who your dad is. This is going on for five years. This was labeled, to, to quote Hunter Biden, the laptop was labeled Russian misinformation or Russian disinformation. Yeah. I gave you the stats in the uh, f- after we came out of the big take at 6.30. When the uh, IRS comes after you for income tax crimes and you are referred to the Department of Justice for prosecution, they have a 90% conviction or guilty plea success rate. And 66% of the time, you serve prison time, on average, 14 months. So keep keep those three numbers in your mind, 90%, 66% in 14 months, as this Hunter Biden thing plays out. I'd be willing to bet my life he doesn't serve 14 months. Uh, yeah, and his dad, the thing with, these are federal charges, his dad can pardon him. But, well, he, but Joe has said he, he will not. That's, yeah. the interest, that's the interesting thing. That's the thing I'm most interested in he's it, really gonna let his ki- so he, he lied for years about his dealings with his kid but he's gonna let his kid sit in the in the joint he's n- no would, way. would any father not pardon their son oh remember we had we had this if con- they had the opportunity we had this conversation about a year ago if your kid committed murder would you turn him into the cops and you said no i was the only one on the show that said i would that you turn in your child. Yeah, remember that conversation we had? Dawn yep. and Greg both yeah. said they would protect their loved one. Yep. I'd hand over my daughters like that. No, you wouldn't. Get out. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. I'm not going down with them. Aiding and abetting a fugitive? No. Yeah, it's really a double-edged sword because if he gets convicted, uh, Joe Biden can pardon him. Yeah. And if he does, which I would assume he would, it, how's that going to look to the American people? All he has to do is he can let him get convicted and go. And then just commute the sentence. He doesn't have to mm. even give a full pardon. That's true. That's true. But still, but I he'd have to win. Be... He'd have to win re-election for that. Because no, that... he could do it before he leaves. No, he could do it before he leaves. You think Hunter's case will be wrapped up before then? It... It's a good question. This, I mean, this thing's taken five years already, right? Unless he enters a, a guilty plea, unless they try to get a plea bargain. But yeah, we'll see. Keep in mind, David Weiss. Um, he probably they probably would take a plea bargain. 
I just think that all of this points to like the California thing. If he pleads out and cuts a deal with something, ultimately he's just avoiding those more serious, yeah. the what Farah charges that we've talked about. That, three felonies and six misdemeanors in total. That's you know, and that's what Steve Bannon went to. When yeah. when you get the Farah charge, you're going to jail. Yeah. Boom. And how long did Bannon get? Because we, I, historically in this country, we've been very soft on white collar crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there might be a 90% conviction rate, but the, the amount of time served, like I said, on average is 14 months. You're better off committing these financial crimes than you are committing any, um, you know, real world physical crime. Unless you're Wesley Snipes. Well, yeah, yeah. Remember that? Well, Wesley didn't pay taxes for a long time. But he went to jail. Yeah. Not Usually they don't go to jail. Look, I think that I really think that this is an interesting discussion. Like, like, what do you, you know, if you're Joe Biden, put your thoughts about Joe Biden aside. Mm-hmm. Just as a father, and you have the power to, you know, either commute the sentence or pardon him. Yeah. It, Are you doing it? it? I, I mean, if I'm, if the, you know if, if, I'm, if I'm Joe Biden, yes, I would. Me, Nick Kale, as Nick Kale, not as Joe Biden, I would not pardon my kid or, you know, whatever. But think about what we, we've seen here. He has said how much he loves his son, how proud he is of his son. He's also denied the dealings, blah, 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 on and on and on down the list. They've treated a 53-year-old crackhead like, you know, a 14-year-old. They always treat this guy like with like they're, they've got the kitty gloves on. So knowing the history of like this undying love for Hunter, and we've heard all these Democrats and all these left-wing hacks on CNN talking about how much love Joe has for his little boy. There's no doubt, based on what we've seen from a precedent standpoint, that he, I think he absolutely will. And, and he's a liar. Joe Biden, I mean, Joe Biden's still telling the same stories that have been de- debunked a hundred times. The football story at Delaware, uh, you know, every story that is totally a fabrication. So when he says he will not pardon his son, should anybody believe that? Nope. No. There's a. Well, uh, he might not pardon it, but he might okay, commute yeah, the commute, sentence. Right. That's right? True, right. What's the difference? <laughs> well, the, go ahead, Don. Uh, well, if you if you fully pardon somebody, you're you're essentially Absolving wiping them. clean. It's almost yeah. like yeah. An, it's almost like an expungement of your record, like it never happened but on the books. You, right. So if you, right. So if he just says, well, you know, he uh, he he was sentenced. We'll let the sentence stand, and so on and so forth. He cut a plea deal, yeah. but I'm commuting the sentence so he doesn't go to jail. I'm just waiting for him to come out and uh, commute the sentence, and then say, my son's been through enough in the eyes of the public. Yeah. yeah, right. There's a poll right now up on the YouTube chat. Would you pardon your son or daughter? Be honest. Can you put the results up, guys? I, I don't see the... There needs to be... Yes or no? I think... Mike Carr is right. I think there needs to be a depends option. Like, what Like what are you... For this case? I, for tax for tax evasion? I don't know. Oh, depends as in... Like I, what, I think what, like Joe yeah. wears depends. Like the diapers. Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. I, I mean, like, yeah, if your son or daughter committed, you know, is a serial killer, maybe, maybe yeah, not. I mean, it's easier to, to, you know, to to back your kid on a financial um, fraud. 58% say yes, 42% no. Go go over to YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHD, enter the chat and uh, and vote on that because it, I'm I'm honestly interested. Think about the times we're living in here. Trump's got four four cases going with 91 felonies. Hunter Biden's got nine charges in two cases, three felonies, six misdemeanors, and you've got the impeachment stuff looming over Joe. 
That's why RFK looks so appealing to everybody. <laughs> RFK, he's the, he's, the, he's the good guy here, apparently. We will have him coming up in one <laughs> second. Uh, one more from Turley on uh, on uh, charging Hunter Biden as a foreign agent. This is cut 10. Uh, this is cut 10. Guys, go. Let's, Thank uh, you, Rich. Let's do a rundown here of the most recent charges against Hunter Biden. There is filing of all tax returns, a felony, two counts. Tax evasion, another felony, one count. Failure to pay misdemeanor, four counts. Failure to file taxes, two counts. Do you think that prosecutors are finished here? Remember, this is on top of the gun case that he's been charging in Delaware. Well, they shouldn't be finished. They're certainly uh, likely to be finished on the tax issues, largely because they lost a few felonies uh, by allowing the statute of limitations to run on payments stretching back to 2013-2014. They can't charge those anymore. The narrative talks about uh, years earlier of how this pattern emerged. Uh, But because they allowed that to lapse, they can't bring those charges. But the real question for many of us remains FARA. You know, this is a Department of Justice that has handed out charges for unregistered foreign agents in similar cases. And yet years have gone by, and there's no indication that they've seriously investigated, let alone seriously considered, charging Hunter Biden. And that's a big question, because that's the charge that I think the White House most feared because it would put pressure on Merrick Garland. If if the president's son was a foreign agent, why Garland has not allowed a special counsel to be appointed to look into this corruption scandal. Now, the framing from Hunter... I'm also uh, fascinated by the timing of all of this. I want you to think about Joe Biden's life at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. He's the vice president from 2008 through 2016. He becomes the president at the end of 2020 into 2021. But all of this financial stuff happened during the Trump presidency. So Joe is out of the White House. Joe's also apparently a professor at Penn for a million (laughs) dollars, but he never taught a course. And here's Hunter doing all of his dirty work, 2016, 17, 18, 19, five million dollars not paying taxes on 1.4 million then you have 400 grand whittled down to 10 percent i think and this is just my theory the biden's got very comfortable living a nice lavish lifestyle from 2008 to 2016 and while they were out of the white house for four years you're like well wait a minute all the perks they dried up we got to keep this money train rolling hunter come on down barisma this that and the other thing that's just a theory of mine. By the way, guys, can we put the... Uh, I think other people are having trouble seeing the YouTube poll as well. Can you put it up again? I don't see it up there, and I'm getting a lot of comments that says that they can't see it either. Would you pardon your son or daughter, be honest, if you had the opportunity? Yes or no? There's a lot of depends, because like if you're doing... Like if it's like child sex trafficking, may, maybe not. No, of you course. Know yeah, I mean? It's crime dependent, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the pedo- Yeah, if they're a pedophile, or if they're a killer. Yeah, I mean they're a cold-blooded serial killer. If they're Jeffrey Dahmer, I'm just saying. Yeah, if they were, is, I would. Yeah, right? I would. Of course not. I would. I would do it myself. I would. I want my see- son or daughter out myself. If, if that was the case, I want to see Hunter go away, just like Capone. If Capone had to go away for income tax evasion, oh come on, then Hunter Biden has to go. You stop. Yes, I, I think that Joe Biden. Think about this is his Achilles heel. And he lost, 
he's lost another son. You know, yes, you're 100 percent right. And the thing, and I hate to say this, but Bo was the favorite. Yeah, he was the golden child. He well, the first like one, perfect. the first one's tragic, no doubt about it. And then also, he lo- all all the kids. These kids were injured. Remember during mm-hmm. that horrifying accident, lost their mom, where their mommy was killed, and their sister, right? And the mm-hmm. sister. So this is his only surviving son. So we from- should so we should exonerate Hunter just because the Biden family's had some uh, some rough shakes. No, I'm. I mean, I'm not. I'm just looking in. I'm trying to do Biden speak. I'm trying right. to you know look inside his brain. Mm, it's a scary place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He has, this is his Achilles heel. It his is. son is his, right? Yep. Look, and, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not minimali- minimali- minim- minimalizing. Minimalizing. Well, that was a tough one. Minimalizing. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to put that on the back burner. Like, I get it. Addiction's a terrible thing. I don't, I don't mock anybody that has any addiction, alcohol, drugs, gambling, sex, whatever it is. Like, addiction is serious. But, like, dude, this guy is 53 years old. He's had countless, countless opportunities. He's had a better life than 99% of people. I don't. I really don't feel sorry for anything that comes this guy's way, and I think, and it's not so much the drugs and the, and the girls and the seventy grand on your teeth. Like I, I, where I lose the ul- here, ultimate respect for him is he doesn't acknowledge his children. Here, he, like you're a deadbeat, dude. He, here's where this plays differently to different people: is that people hate politicians and them, uh, you know, getting away with whatever and, mm-hmm. and, you know, not having equal justice in, in their minds. Also, Hunter Biden struggled with addiction. There's a lot of families in this country oh, yeah. that, that have seen yeah. and struggled and have family members that have struggled with addiction. Yep. So you're playing on two sets of people here who, who can see the one aspect of it, but also addiction hits literally everybody. Oh, yeah. So... You know, for for Joe to come out and say, "Look, he was an addict, and he did not know what he was doing, and he was under a you know a bad state of mind, and you know we've all been struggling for this." That is also a winning message, guys. So the Hunter Biden thing can play two two different ways in in the court of public opinion. So you think he garn- Do you think he garners enough sympathy uh, that it could actually posit- It could be a net positive for Joe in a re-election bid. I don't. I think the really diehards care. I don't think the average person gives a crap one way or another. I don't. I think they hear Hunter Biden and they're and they're they're. Their eyes glaze over. They're like, okay. Yeah, well, see, whatever. that's why. I, that's why I separate Hunter Biden into two compartments. One is the addiction and the women and the drugs and all that. The other is doing daddy's work for the Biden influence peddling and then creating the shell accounts. Those are two like. I can see sympathy for the addiction, but outrage for the financial crimes. Actually, three, because you've got what he's doing, and then on top of it, he's not paying taxes. And I think anybody that, that makes any amount of money is always looking to have lower taxes, because once they take your money, they do a whole bunch of stuff with it that really ticks people off. And if the dad was the big guy and participated in all of this, might have some guilt about... You know, yeah. taking some of the cash. Right. 10% for the big guy. We've laid the math out for you. 400 <laughs> grand to 40 grand, that's 10%. Which, by the way, if that evidence is so much out there, why haven't the Republicans come forth with it? Because I don't think Republicans could find strippers in a strip joint. <laughs> Waiting in the weeds is um, RFK Jr. to be a spoiler. As he te- says, my intention is to, to spoil the race for both Biden and Trump. He was Ooh. on with Chris Cuomo on News Nation on Friday night. And here's how that sounded. This is cut 11, guys, go. If you were to get to a point in the race where you did not think you could win, 
was not going to go your way, your estimation, and you saw that you were affecting, I don't know which candidate, let's say it is Trump and Biden, I don't know which one you would be affecting more. Would that matter to you in terms of whether you were going to end the campaign? If you said, well, I don't think I'm going to be able to win, and you see that you're affecting one of them disproportionately, would that matter to you? I don't want to seem like I'm dodging a question, but I really don't know the answer to that question. I, you know, it would depend on a million different circumstances. I suppose there'd be some circumstance where I, you know, that, uh, that conceivably that, you know, I can make a decision to withdraw from the race, but I can't think of that circumstance at the moment. So, and, you know, as you know, there's a, there's a, there's a myriad of, of configurations that can happen right now. My, um, I'm taking more votes away from President Trump than from President Biden, according to most of the polls. If you believe the polls, you know, my intention is to is to spoil the race for both of them. You know, I think I'm going to win the race. I think the, the uh, and I wouldn't have said that, and I didn't say it uh, a month ago. So, but I'm looking at the polls now, I'm looking at the trends, I'm looking at the energy of the crowds that we have. I'm looking at the declining enthusiasm for the other two candidates, and, uh, you know, I have 11 months. I'm in better shape now than any independent candidate's been since at Teddy Roosevelt so for over 100 years. And I'm beating both candidates in with young people, which is the bellwether group. So people under Americans under 45 altogether are choosing me over President Biden, President Trump. The other big bellwether are independent voters, and I'm beating them decisively with that group, too. I'm in a three-way tie right now with Hispanic voters and with many other demographics. So, and I have greater popularity, favorability than any candidate. I'm, I'm at 52 points. Nobody's even close to that. And I think I'm. T- so early on, you could easily argue that RFK pulls away from Trump. Now, I'm not sure what polls that Biden uh, RFK has been looking at lately, but the Wall Street Journal poll that I have in front of me shows that for the second straight poll, RFK actually hurts Joe more because when it's just Trump and Biden, Trump has a four point lead. When you throw uh, RFK into the mix, Trump's lead expands from plus four to plus six, where Trump is at 37 percent, Biden at 31 percent, RFK Jr. at eight percent on down the list, including Manchin and Cornell West. You know, think about where we are in American politics from all of the stories and polls that have been written saying Americans are exhausted by both the drama of the Bidens and the Trumps. And then there's this notion that now more than ever is a a legit chance for a third person to come in. And here comes RFK Jr. So he's the third man yet. And I'm just telling you what the national perception of this guy is. He's identified as the redheaded stepchild of the Kennedy family. And he's kind of a kook. So it's like you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. If you look at it objectively and if you believe the national headlines of I can't stand Trump, I can't stand Biden. Give me some. Give me a third option. Oh, and they're giving me the crazy guy as the third option. That's American (laughs) politics right now. Great for our business, by the way. He does resonate with young people, though. Yeah. Forty five and under. He does. Youth vote. Yeah, he does. The youths. Um, So he's tied. He's in a three way tie for the Hispanic vote. I, I don't know. I'd like to see that poll. Because we've seen we've seen Trump trending in a great direction with uh, Hispanic and African American voters. People are uh, people are on the YouTube chatter, you know, saying that 
RFK is too liberal. He's a gun grabber. Blah blah. Yes, mm-hmm. like he de- he doesn't pretend like he's kind of Elon Musk. He doesn't with pretend the... to be a conservative. No, I'm, all, all we're saying is, is that, and all he's saying is that he's yeah. taking votes away from Trump. Yeah, I, the, the I only, really believe that. The only thing that he the, he identifies with the right on two things. Being, you know, skeptical of, because uh, I don't want to call, I hate calling people vaccine uh, um, anti-vaxxers, such a cheap label. So he's obviously, he does not believe in a lot of these COVID shots and things like that. And he wants to see more clinical trials. And then he's also, a, you know, a free speech guy. He's a guy that's been censored and canceled, you know, 15 ways to Sunday. Those are really the only two things that he kind of identifies with to the right everything else yeah that, that person is correct he is very uh very liberal on but to think that all trump voters are conservative is like ridiculous no, of course not. they're no, not no they're not republicans they're not conservative they just want an outsider and they're an rfk is an outsider to some people yeah george santos got interviewed the other day and remember we played the video of him on cameo uh, uh, on cameo <laughs> so he's doing cameos now by the way his cameos have gone from 75 dollars to five hundred dollars. Hey, so put uh, demand. I um I was looking into um I was looking into having him do some things, and then I saw the five hundred dollars. Yeah, so now they're gone. Uh, yeah, it's gone. Uh, so we we didn't jump on it quick enough. Well, we should have done it before yeah. Fetterman released him yeah. doing yeah. it for Bob Menendez. Joe Bing. Um, what's staggering is what George Santos says in this clip. Cut fifteen, guys, about his cameo. Uh, cut fifteen, guys, go. So you have a sort of deprecating humor, but. The thing that's amazing about this is that you started out charging what seventy five dollars for the first ten, yeah, and then it's now five hundred. Yes. <laughs> How much money have you made, and are you going to surpass the amount of money you could have made in Congress in a whole year? I can tell you that by the end of this week, that is actually factual. I will have re- I will have made more money in um, seven days than I would have made an entire year in Congress. Oh so we God. have to tell our viewers <laughs> six figures. Congressional salary was one hundred and seventy four thousand yep. dollars a year. Yes. So you're saying that in a week you will make that salary yes ma'am i guess you have a lot of legal bills to pay <laughs> <laughs> that's very true so look do you know what's the interesting part the self-deprecating humor obviously i i don't mind roasting myself but if you look and understand the back end i'm reading a script probably 90 percent of the time and ad-libbing 10 percent of the time mm. so, so are tv anchors <laughs> he, he makes more money He's making more money in seven days than he will make the entire year. You know what my takeaway from this is? In Congress. The Americans are stupid. Yes, of the course. Amount of, the amount of money that people make in industries that mm-hmm. they shouldn't be... Like, think about that. He's going to make probably 180, 190 grand yep. in, in a stretch that he would have had to go a full calendar year in Congress. But then again, you have to, do we believe George Santos? Because everything about George Santos <laughs> oh, is completely it's fabricated. A very good point. Good I didn't question. even think about that. Maybe he's lying. A man's a little to, bit of a liar. He's maybe he's doing it to uh, to boost up his uh, cameo numbers. So if I start doing a cameo side business, what are your thoughts on that, Stalker? No. <laughs> uh, we can Dawn do one. We own no. We own both of you. What if <laughs> I own your souls? There's no market for a Nick Kale cameo. <laughs> by the way. I've realized that. I thought about it weeks ago. All right, I'm done. <sighs> that was a hell of a cut sheet. It was. It's Mondays are Mondays are always Man, loaded. There we go. I can't. I can never. And like, I have like like three or four more that I'll save for uh, right. part two after we get to Harry Mays. But we have to get to the right. Let's get to uh, a Dawn Stensland, a big three at eight forty three. It's the big three at eight on Kale and Company. And we are sponsored on this wintry, wet morning. Sponsored by. 
consumer cellular. So, number one, I will say that uh, we have guess who coming to Philadelphia again. President Joe Biden joining firefighters today in Philadelphia announcing federal funding to reopen fire companies engine six ladder one ladder 11 they were decommissioned back in january of 2009 and so now they will be reopened thanks to some fema federal dollars coming philadelphia's way so that's happening today why else is president joe biden in philadelphia hmm well he's also here because later he's scheduled to hold a big campaign fundraiser in the city of Philadelphia. And he's uh, really starting this blitz across the nation. Interesting phrase there, because the Eagles didn't blitz anybody last <laughs> night. Maybe he's going to shore up the Eagles pass rush. <laughs> yeah, no blitz for the Eagles. Yep. But we do have a, uh, you know, he. they're saying that his his campaign is saying that uh, they're, they're, they hope that Pennsylvanians will contribute big and small. And so that's one of the one of the quotes as Biden is accelerating his fundraising efforts to prepare for an astronomically expensive campaign. Think billions, not millions. One hundred trillion, three hundred billion, billion, bazillion dollars. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Is is he going to stop by University of Pennsylvania today to read uh, Miss McGill's uh, professional eulogy? Mm, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that would be I don't think he's going to comment on it. If if, if he has any media uh, availability today, that's got to be one of the first questions that he gets asked. Over a billion, three hundred million, trillion, three hundred million dollars. <laughs> That's how much he's going to raise. And uh, by the way, Governor Josh Shapiro will be there. Jim Kenney will yeah. be there. Many others, dignitaries. I'll tell you what, Joe, Joe gets all the juice out of the lemon in Philadelphia, does he not? This he is does. true. I mean, he extracts every drop. Guy, by the way, guys, it's smart politically of him to be here yeah. as much as he is. Yeah. I'm just saying. I know. Pennsylvania is a very, very important state. Yeah. Very important. And uh, speaking of, you know, voting, the Republican Party, and this is as expected, appealing that U.S. District Judge's ruling that mail-in ballots without accurate dates, handwritten on their exterior envelopes, among other things, must uh, still be counted if they're received in time. So we, we've told you this back and forth that it was allowed. Well, now the GOP has disagreed with that ruling that happened in, in the Pennsylvania appealing to the Third Circuit Court of Appeals, which is based right here in Philadelphia. And those named in the appeal include the uh, named in the appeal include Republican National Committee, the Republican uh, Congressional Committee and the Republican Party of Pennsylvania, all according to these court records. This is a case that may very well rise all the way up to the highest court in the nation, the United States Supreme Court. So we'll we'll see what happens here, but it's an important ruling because these mail-in ballots have been a key issue. Number three in our big three, Christmas card controversy. So do you ever, you know, kind of Photoshop your Christmas cards? Mm. Well, in the case of the Royals, Kate Middleton and Prince William's annual Christmas card it appears to suffer a bit of a Photoshop problem because little Lewis, their son, uh, their youngest son, is without a middle finger. Oh, no. It's it's like a little nub there. Yeah. And so the image now is, you know, they're, they're, it was released by Kensington Palace, and there's this Christmas card controversy. This has gone viral. 
It's a very cash picture. They're in mm-hmm. their blue jeans and their gym shoes and showing the first family there as the royals. But, um, oops, Photoshop fail. Here's my rule on uh, taking photos. If you don't like the way you look naturally, Photoshopping should not be allowed. How about that? I don't know. I think everybody does it. And in this case, that would be a professional photographer did it. Oh. Right? It's not like they're, they're okay. not like us. Yeah. They're like trying to fix all these people something. on social media with their Photoshop <laughs> pictures. People that are like 52 and all of a sudden they look 32 because they Photoshop. Like, what's the point of that? Just embrace your, your eight, your, as you, as you age gracefully, embrace it. I'm going to let, this, I'm starting to let the salt and pepper in the beard grow a little <laughs> bit, by the way. But in this one, why did, why are they Photoshopping so much? It begs the question, yeah. what the heck was going on there? Yeah. But their youngest son, Missing the middle finger. That, that middle finger could come in handy. Yeah, maybe <laughs> yeah I was so. just going to say that. <laughs> you need that. You need that finger in life. Oh. Well, we are sponsored by Consumer Cellular this morning, offering the exact same nationwide 5G coverage as the major carriers. Yep. So even in bumper-to-bumper traffic, their 100% U.S.-based support is just a click or call away. Plus, activation is always free. Visit ConsumerCellular.com. Switch today. Thank you. Consumer Cellular for sponsoring our big three. All right, Dawn, thank you very much. 855-839-1210. Coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, two things in the world of Donald Trump. We have to get to who Donald Trump's wife, Melania, wants to see be Trump's vice president as people start positioning themselves for you know positions within Trump's cabinet. And also Tucker Carlson launching a subscription-based site. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, biological men coming into female athletics and Title IX, Riley Gaines, uh, things along that front. And I have said many times that luckily to date, my daughters have not had to deal with biological men coming into the competitive dance world that is predominantly dominated by females until a story just came out this past weekend in Dallas. But it's also a very uh, interesting story that we're going to correlate and we're going to connect with this piece of audio from Republican Lisa McLean in Michigan who went off in Congress. But let me give you this story for a second. So parents are outraged after a teenage boy won the girls under 14 2023 Southern Region competition in Dallas this past weekend. He has advanced to the World Irish Dancing Championships, and he has stolen away an opportunity from a deserving young girl. One mother told the Daily Signal, quote, it's going to make me cry, who originally reported the story, quote, I never thought I was going to have to deal with this, and my heart breaks for my daughter and the other girls that are having to deal with this. They are too young to have to deal with topics that are going on in society that are adult topics that they don't quite comprehend just yet. Just to go and show you the levels to which this biological male teenager went to compete against females on December 3rd in Dallas, he apparently put on a blonde wig and a gemstone covered solo dress and took the stage with the girls. He ended up taking first place out of 100 dancers in the category. The placement makes the boy both a world qualifier and a national qualifier while omitting the biological females that he defeated en route to his deception and his plot to come off as a female. 
uh, I, I told, I saw, I sent this story. I texted this story to my wife and she made the point that in competitive dance, there are boys that compete. And I don't think I really have a problem with a boy dancing like in the group settings where the entire dance studio is putting on a performance. My daughters have boys in their dance studio. It's probably if I had to throw out a number, I would say there's 50 girls and like four boys. And when they're on the stage together in like a duo or, you know, a big production, it's pretty cool. I have no problem with that. But in the one-on-one solo competition, here's where I think it's, again, unfair that a biological male who is more athletically advanced and or gifted than a female steals another spot away from a female. So let me play you this audio. This is Republican Lisa McLean. She is a congresswoman from Stockbridge, Michigan. She represents the 9th District, and she had this to say as she eviscerates everybody who does not stand up for female rights and the progress women have made over the last century. Listen to this roasting. Whatever happened to I am woman, hear me roar. What it, what have we lost our minds? I sat here and listened to every, every label imaginable. I, I am here to protect women, girls. My God, why do I have to apologize for that? We spent decades trying to protect women. And you know what? We won. We won. So I will not apologize now or for trying to protect my daughters and women in sports. And that's what this hearing was about, protecting women. So you know what? I am a woman, and let me tell you, hear me roar, because I will not stop protecting women. You want to know why? Because we have rights, too. Women have rights, too. Don Stensler, not my style to book your show as a producer, but I think that would be a nice little fit for from 10 to noon. <laughs> you want to hear me roar? I mean, she was fired up about that, and rightfully so. Yeah, I mean, the truth is in this upside-down land, you know, as far as women, where is the women's movement? I mean, as far as, you know, we were ha- the, the hashtag that was trending last week, uh, me too, unless you're a Jew. Yeah. You know, and think about that. Think about the case of women and girls in sports. So for whatever reason, I don't really understand this because it's it's shocking to me. Where's Hollywood? Mm-hmm. Where where's Gal Gadot? Where's or Gadot? Where are all these you know, glorious sign them, name them. Yep. Where are they? Yep. I gotta tell you, if that was me, um and I that wasn't Dallas, that was Nashville or Philadelphia, and that played out like that and cost my girl some whatever it is, I probably would just look over at Kristen, I'd be like, So are you, are you gonna handle that? Because, you know, if I do, it's I'm sexist, I'm transphobic, I'm homophobic, I'm this, that, and the other thing. And I like how she framed it. She said she's not going to apologize for all of a sudden female rights and female victories coming to an end in the name of what? Feelings? And in this delusional mindset that a biological man can become a female? No, sorry. Take your fantasy elsewhere. Yeah, ultimately, will these cases end up in the Supreme Court or ultimately will Will districts just say, okay, fine, we don't want your Title IX money? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, or, you know, if everybody in girls' sports goes to, you know, the PIA or whatever. PIAA? Yeah. Yep. Um, if they go to that mm-hmm. and everybody and everybody does it, 
Yep. And they and they say, well, we can't win over here. They're, you know, all it takes is two boys or mm-hmm. one boy, and it knocks you down to second, third, etc. Yep. So if everybody just goes to, you know, another private sports entity, or if a school opts to not take the Title IX money. That's right. 855-839-1210 is the phone number. Coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, we'll get to some Trump stuff. We've got Harry May set to join us as well, as we'll talk about the Eagles-Cowboys debacle from last night on Sunday Night Football. Hour 4, coming up next here on Kale & Company. This holiday season, make all your wishes or come true on FanDuel Sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning a $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Two games to choose from tonight. Tennessee at Miami. Tennessee is plus 610. Miami minus 900. Green Bay at uh, New York. The Giants. Uh, Green Bay is minus 280. Giants plus 230. If I'm looking ahead to next Monday night, the Eagles and Seahawks. Eagles are minus 205. Seahawks plus 172. $5 on any of those money line bets. If you win, you get $150 in bonus bets. All you have to do is sign up right now. FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg. Sign up right now. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210 WPHE in the NFL. 21 and over. President of PA. First online real money wager. Only $5 Pre-game money line wager required. Ten dollars first deposit required. Bonus issued is not withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. It's Kale and Company on demand from Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT and the Free Odyssey app. Hey, don't go through another year suffering with that awful joint pain. Just call QC Kinetics right now. Make 2024 the year you're back to living normal life again. Yeah, QC Kinetics gives you your life back. They're the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. These are all natural treatments which repair and restore that damaged tissue, giving you pain-free movement again. QC Kinetics has tens of thousands of satisfied patients around the nation, people who used to have knee pain, back pain, shoulder pain, who were able to get lasting relief, no surgery, no drugs, no downtime. So if you're suffering in pain from that old injury or maybe some pain associated with some kind of arthritis, you need to check this out. The future of medicine is here. Regenerative treatments, thanks to QC Kinetics. Don't forget, you can use your HSA and FSA funds. So call QC Kinetics for a free consultation. QC Kinetics, 215-999-3000, 999-3000, QC Kinetics, 999-3000. Start your day with Kale and Company, weekday mornings 6 till 10, on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.